I'm Janie Pilgrim, and this is The Deal. Janie Pilgrim, and this is The Deal. Welcome, welcome, welcome to today's session. I'm excited for you being here, and I'm excited and a little nervous about this topic because it's such um, a hot topic, um, and it has been for a while now, and me tackling this topic comes from a lot of different spaces. One, because it's such a hot topic, and two, I think it leaves a lot of people with confusion. And today's topic is about finding your passion. I actually think this is one of those topics that is overdone. Um, It's saturated and there's lots of books on finding your passion, which leads to leadership, which leads to prosperity and abundance. And what prompted me to begin to think about this topic is I was listening to Elizabeth Gilbert and she said that she did a talk on finding your passion. And after the event and after her discussion, after her talk, you know, the audience got up and they cheered and she was really excited and she was really feeling good about it. It went back to her hotel room and she got this long three page email or letter from someone who attended her event who was sadly depressed over the topic of finding her passion And she was depressed because she was an older woman and she believes that she's never found her passion, which leaves her feeling unfulfilled, dejected and and really lost. And so Elizabeth Gilbert came back and she talked about not knowing what your passion is and that being okay. And so that struck me. Um, And I think it struck me for a number of reasons, which I'll get into in today's discussion. But then later last week, I was talking to a very good friend of mine who we also talked about finding our passion. And she said to me, I'm so proud of you for finding your passion. And she didn't feel too great because she felt like she had not pinpointed her passion. And It's interesting how every moment that leads up to the current moment can be a learning opportunity. And me seeing that video, that talk with Elizabeth Gilbert already had me thinking about this topic. So when she said she really felt badly about not finding her passion, I had to remind her and myself that it took me a long time to find my passion. And I said to her, I didn't get here just knowing what that was. In fact, there were lots of roads that I had gone down um, 
And the attempt was not to find my passion. It really wasn't because the honest truth is I am passionate. I'm just a passionate person. I'm passionate about so many things. And I shared with her, I was so passionate and still so passionate that I had some people in my life who called me scattered. And that bothered me. That bothered me because people will tend to put you in a box. And I felt that people put me in a box. I had so many interests and I, when I found something I was interested in, I would dive in wholeheartedly. I would get into it. I would learn as much as possible. And it could be a month. It could be a year. It could be two years. And then I was off to the next thing. And the woman that emailed Elizabeth Gilbert, her story was similar to that. So I connected to it. She felt like she started one thing and she was passionate about it. And then after she was done learning that, she went to learn the other thing. And so me connecting with that story and then later on, which happened last week, talking to my friend about it, I said, honestly, again, I've had so much opportunity to learn so many things and I'm so passionate about so many things because I am a passionate person that I felt bad about my having so many interests. I felt bad about sharing, you know, what I was up to next because people will say and label you scattered. And that's what I was labeled scattered. And again, it didn't happen all the time, but if it happens enough, if it happens once every two years or once every three years, after a while, you start to wonder about yourself. It makes you doubt yourself and your life choices. And I'm here to talk about that a little bit today, because again, I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about this topic and I'm passionate about passion. And so since there's all this talk about finding your passion and some people get it right, they just know what that passion is at birth. They pop out of the womb, ready to go. And some parents say, I already knew what Johnny or Jane was going to be because they it showed up in everything they did. That's great. But anecdotally, I don't believe that's most of the population. And I, um, I believe that the people have not found their passion who feel like they're sort of wandering in the wilderness. This message is for them. This is for you, for those who have not found your passion. Again, I'll repeat what I do now. I love, I love it. And listening to all the information and reading the books on finding a passion, what it has done for me is it has made me realize that when you are doing something that you're passionate about, it energizes you and re-energizes you. So understanding passion from that perspective, great. And remember, I mentioned that I was passionate about so many things I did. So I put a lot of energy into it and I was, I was rejuvenated by those things that I was doing. So understanding passion from that perspective, great. But me having so many interests, here's the aha for me, and I'm hoping it's the aha for you. Having so many interests allowed me to be a student. It really did. And for those people who may criticize you or may look upon you and say, you're all over the place or you're doing too many things and you haven't really mastered anything, you're the jack of all trades, master of none. I'm here to say, if you have so many interests and you want to learn them, but you take the time to learn them good enough so you have that information, because once you have that information, no one can take it from you, right? That's 
when you're doing live radio, um, you may hear my dog in the background. <laughs> so, hey, Zeus, that's Zeus in the background. But when you have so much interest and you become the jack of all trades and not necessarily a master of any, or but you have a good understanding, then they call you a generalist, right? In HR, they call you a generalist. You do a little bit of compensation. You do a little bit of recruiting. You may do a little diversity and inclusion. You may do a little bit of uh, career development. They call you a generalist. And that's a good thing because you know enough about just enough or a little more just about everything where you can do everything. You could, you know, roll up your sleeves and jump in where they need you. And, you know, when you go to the doctor, there's a general practitioner, know a little bit about everything. They're not a specialist. So being a generalist in some areas is a good thing, right? But when they look at you in your life and they say, you're, you really don't specialize in anything. So, you know, what's your passion? Figure it out and go for it. Here's the great thing about being a generalist. You know a lot about a lot of different things. So it allows you to talk to almost anyone. You will have knowledge on your knowledge base would be so broad that you can speak to practically everyone from CEO, senior executive to someone in the mailroom, whether it's music, whether it's cars, maybe whether it's um, fine dining or way to vacation. Being a generalist is a good thing. Being a generalist can work in your favor. You can be passionate about a number of things over the course of your life and feel proud of it. They say if you find your passion, you find your purpose. I honestly came to the conclusion that now I've come to the conclusion that my goal and my objective was to become, to be a student. It was become a student and to be a student and learn as much as possible about as many things as I possibly can. And that has afforded me to be a generalist. And I love the fact that I'm so diversified, right? I'm so diversified. I'm a good cook. I love to fix things around the house, right? I love to decorate. I love power tools. I like to tinker with things. I could put down floors. I could, you know, put a cabinet up. I can strip a cabinet. I could do so many things. Yet I can put together training programs and do a blog talk radio. So I truly am a generalist. And I love that about myself now. But when people were telling me, you know, I have this interest and I have that interest and I'm kind of all over the place. I wasn't feeling so hot about it. But back to purpose and passion. So they say if you find your passion, you find your purpose. And so this person felt, my good friend felt like she did not know her purpose. And I share with her that what if, what if your purpose in life was to be a comforter? Because she's a great comforter, right? She's um, a person that you can go to if you are having trouble. You want your comforter to be someone who can keep your confidence. So your comforter should be someone to keep your confidence and that you can go to in times of trouble, in times of reflection, in times of where you just want someone to be in your corner. So... There is a lot of discussion and a lot of big whoop. I mean, it's they think most people feel like it's supposed to be crystal clear in this miraculous 
self-discovery. And once you get on that track, you're supposed to know exactly what you want to do and follow it. Here's my challenge with that. Moses in the Bible. Yes, that Moses in the Bible was in Egypt. Prince. Destined to be king. Believe that was his purpose. Forty years later. Finds himself exiled. In the desert. Then he's wandering around another 40 years. And then he comes face to face with God in the burning bush. And God tells him, I want you to lead my people out of slavery. That was 80 years before he determined his purpose or his purpose was determined for him. And I'm not saying that you're going to be 80 years old when you find your purpose. So I imagine you saying, Janie, how is this helpful? 40 years in Egypt as a prince, 40 years wandering around and hanging out with Jethro. And then you come face to face with your purpose. How is this helpful? Here's the answer. Your purpose doesn't have to come to you right away. You're able to rest in the fact that it will come. There are things that you may need to learn before you start exercising your purpose. Moses needs to know how the Egyptians think, how royalty thought. And then he know he needed to find out how to lead sheep. Sheep being not the brightest animals, he needed to figure out how to get people through the wilderness. These are all the things he needed to learn before he met his purpose. He needed to understand how the royalty of Egypt thought, speak to them, get people through the wilderness with the purpose of getting them to the promised land, whether he made it or not, that was what he needed to do. So I want you to rest in the fact that your purpose doesn't have to come to you right away. You keep doing what it is that you do, touching, moving, inspiring people, doing good work, teaching, whatever it is that you do, whatever your gifts, you keep doing that. And it's quite possible that your purpose may end up slapping you right in the face. For me, I had to get laid off. And then I said to myself, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to wait. People said, what are you going to do? You got to get a job. People started sending me jobs. People started recommending me for jobs. A couple of people called me up and said there were opportunities and companies that they were working in. And I said, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. My, what I said exactly was, I'm going to wait for the universe to tell me what it is that I'm going to do next. And I waited. It was tough because I'm a kind of person, I'm a kind of gal that doesn't like to wait for much. So it took a discipline and effort to wait. And the messages started to come to me. But let me share with you what waiting looked like for me. Your waiting is going to look different, but let me show you what waiting looked like for me. What it looked like when I was waiting. I spoke to my brother-in-law who has a radio station. He does hip-hop and R&B. 
I said, do you have anyone that speaks about business on your radio station? He said, no. And I said, well, can I do a radio show? And he said, yes. So I started doing this show on his R&B radio station. Did not fit. Did not fit the platform. He said yes because he was my brother-in-law. I actually started doing the deal with Janie Pilgrim where little advice can change your life. And then because it didn't fit, I brought it over to Blog Talk Radio. And so while I was still waiting, I had been telling my son the stories of Prince Garrett and people kept telling me to write the book. So while I was waiting, I started writing the first children's book. So my idol waiting, I did some things that I thought I would enjoy doing. And guess what? I'm silent because you're hearing me right now on the radio and you know about the children's book. So my waiting and listening allowed me to do the work that I'm in love with today. But the important thing to do while you're waiting, there's two important things. So write this down while you're waiting. One is don't sit on a stool or a chair and just wait. Keep doing what you do, which is if it's touching, moving, inspiring people, keep doing that. Keep praying. Keep learning. That's the first thing. Just keep doing what you do. Don't sit idly. Just keep doing what you do. The second thing is listen. Be open to listening. Be open to receiving the message of what it is that your next step should be. Because even if you're doing some great stuff while you're waiting, waiting without listening and being open to hear the message means you might miss it. So those are the two things you need to do while you're looking for your purpose. To find our purpose, it does take time. So don't discount what you bring to the world because you're already impacting the world. You're already sharing your gifts. And for that point in time, that is your purpose. Here's another aha moment for you. Your purpose will change over time. People believe that their purpose is their purpose and whatever their purpose is going to be, that's going to be it for the rest of their lives. Michael Jordan played basketball. I mean, he was the best of the best. And we will remember him for that. But now he's doing his own thing and he's with Nike and he's doing something else. And so he's still doing his thing. And maybe his bottom line is what he has in his heart. But it doesn't look the way it looked when he was playing basketball. So if we could just be easy on ourselves, then we could relax and trust. I think it really comes down to trusting your ability to have faith. I really think it boils down to that. I heard a minister say, and I hope I get this right. He said that, um, you know, a moment is just a moment, but faith is a movement. And he mentioned Martin Luther King and that his faith created a movement and the movement continues even when you're gone. So your impact, your movement, whatever that may be, 
will impact greater than the present moment. Someone may be a great grandmother or a great mother and they're feeding knowledge into their children and their grandchildren and or maybe they're exemplifying what it means to be a married couple in today's society or maybe you are the CFO or the CEO within the organization whatever it is don't discount it we all have a purpose quite honestly I don't want to run into everyone who thinks like me (laughs) and because there is diversity in the world diversity of thought I get to experience people where they're at. I may not have thought about things the way someone else thinks about things. And if I keep an open mind and open heart, I can see things from their perspective. So understanding your gifts is a real way to understanding your purpose. And then once you begin to understand your purpose, understand that it will change in time. There are so many people who are beating themselves up because they feel like they haven't figured it out. I want to let you know that most people don't figure it out. And that's why those people who so-called figure it out, they're, you know, gracing the cover of Fortune magazine or Entrepreneur magazine, and they're held up. And it's not so much that they're better than you because people will judge you based on other people's yardstick. It's that they figured it out and in them figuring it out early, they have been able to maneuver in a system that has allowed them to be successful. I am so grateful. I'm so eternally grateful that I was born in the time that I was born for so many reasons. And this speaks to gifts passion and purpose. I am so grateful that I was born in the time that I was born in. Why? Because growing up, I always thought I was a bright kid. People told me I was bright. So I believed it. And I also believed it in myself that I was bright. But there was something that no one could really put their finger on. And I could read, although I had challenge reading and I had a really great comprehension. Long story short, it was later discovered I was dyslexic. And I was very self-conscious about it. In fact, I never wanted to write anything. I never wanted to write anything down. I thought people would discover my, and I have this in quotes. If you could see me, you could see me doing the quote mark. I didn't want them to discover that I had a disability because I thought I was going to be judged by that. Think about it. A really young girl, a really young black girl, right, Growing up, not wanting to write, because if you have dyslexia, for those of you who don't know, sometimes you write your letters backwards, sometimes you mix your numbers up. I didn't want to write because I didn't want anyone to discover that I potentially had a problem. So I tried to avoid it at all costs, and I did. I, when, if I had to write, I would write, but I would avoid it. So when I say I'm grateful that I was born in a time that I was born, is that I had to work extra hard, really hard to overcome having a disability. I worked really hard. I worked really hard in concealing it. I would do all these things to sort of hide or compensate for where I fell short. And that had made me pretty, pretty clever in figuring things out 
right? I had to I had to figure things out and be creative in in figuring things out. So didn't want to write, had to be creative in figuring things out, concealing the fact that I had a learning disability. Then comes the computer. Okay, when it first came out, it didn't have all the spell check and the grammar. <laughs> but now it does. And, you know, I write and I type. And is it perfect? No, but I feel good that I'm able to express myself in writing. And I've written, well, it will be this March, six children books. So I'm, I'm ecstatic that I was born in the time that I was born. And I am so grateful that I've had the opportunity to share some of the things that I've learned with all of you and children because the children's books. But we all have different experiences. And as I was referring to my friend before, I said she's a comforter and that's a gift and that could very well be her purpose. So don't discount it. But there are some people in life who are challengers. That would, one, I'm one of those. And I'm also a, a celebrator. I celebrate people's wins. I really want people to be successful. I mean, in my spirit, I, I, want to, I want people to be victorious. But in their victory, I want them to help each other. So maybe you're a person who's a challenger, who helps people challenge themselves to get to the next level or to help yourself to get to the next level. Or maybe you're a person who celebrates someone else's victories as well as your own. We need celebrators because there's enough information out there that, or experiences out there that can make us feel less than joyful. So we need people to help us celebrate our, our victories. So don't discount your gifts. I just really want to say that because it could be the key to figuring out your purpose. And if you're feeling good about your, your gift, don't let anyone, man, woman, or child, discourage you from continuing to build up and share that gift. Don't let anyone because that brings you joy and it's going to bring others joy as well. So I don't want to be the dead horse here, but I just want to say that you matter and the things that you value in your gifts they matter as well. So I talked about myself and how I learned so many things. I'm just curious by nature. So if curiosity is your gift, then curiosity is more than likely your passion. And when you're curious, you learn. And me being curious, that being passionate about being curious, and then learning because of my curiosity, I was indeed the student. And now I believe I'm in a position to be the teacher because I've learned so many things and I'm open and willing and happy to share. So I'm glad you're listening in. And if you take anything out of what I share with you, I'm really, that makes me happy. And I'm really excited about that because there's just so much information out there and I think sometimes when we feel that we don't fit the mold, we don't fit the mode of what people say that we should or how we should act or what we should do or where we should be in life. I think we begin to beat ourselves up and I'm, you're not here to beat yourself up. We're here to 
share our gifts, to be the highest example of ourselves. And at the bottom line, be truth. Be true to who you are. And this piece is really important. And I heard Oprah say this, and it really resonated with me. Be true to who you are. And when I say be true, I'm going to qualify that because truth is with with honor. Some people say, I just have to keep it real. And they feel that that's keeping in line with the truth. I'm not talking about keeping it real. I'm talking about being true to honor yourself and honor others and exemplify the highest example of yourself and your creator and your God. Be that person. And sometimes, you know, people want to act out. I mean, we've all been there. (laughs) I have no exception to that rule. I'll give you an example. I had um, posted, I do, with the Prince Garrett series, I do monthly stories. And I put it on my Facebook and um, tweet about it. And sometimes I share it with certain groups. And this guy, he sent me this really nasty note about this about my book. So it just wasn't nice. And I had a, of course my ego was involved and I had a reaction to it. And I'm like, I'm not going to address him at all because that's exactly what he wanted me to do. I mean, I didn't understand why he was coming from just a spirit that just didn't come from a good place. Couldn't understand it, but it wasn't for me to understand. If that's how he wants to operate, that's how he operates. But I get to choose how I operate and how I respond. And I wasn't going to let him put a downer on the gift that I was trying to give. Here's the thing. If someone gives you a gift and you don't want it, say thank you and that's it. You don't have to open it. You don't have to do anything with it. Just, But you don't have to say anything negative. Just say thank you or say nothing at all. In this case, I, it wasn't even specifically for him. I was posting it to a group and he was, and I posted to the groups several times and never had a reaction. And he had a reaction and I got to choose how I would respond to the highest ability of myself. Now, did the ego in me want to say something equally as nasty to him? (laughs) Absolutely. But I didn't because I knew at the core, he wanted a response. And here's the thing, my not responding speaks louder than if I had respond because then it probably would have gone back and forth um this way it kind of pops the balloon and lets all the air out and he has no place to go because I didn't take it there with him I'm still trying to touch move and inspire and he gets to be wherever he gets to be and touch people the way he gets to touch people but not in a space where I want to live so I did not address what was going on with him So back to your gifts, your passion, and your purpose. As we talk about the idea of finding your purpose and your passion, there's two things I want to address. One is the topic of wasting time. And the other is the polar idea of no time is wasted. You often hear leaders say, find your passion Move forward in your purpose and don't waste time. I'm here to tell you, if you don't know your purpose, you still can use your time wisely. 
if you're using your time to learn and to help, that time is not wasted. If the experiences you've had did not lead you to the place that you want to be, but you learned from it, then that time is not wasted because you were able to learn from that experience. So you must ask yourself, when you find yourself in a place where you don't want to be, ask yourself, what are you learning from this experience? And what do you have to do next? I encourage you to meditate on it. I encourage you to pray on it. Whatever you need to do to become centered, I encourage you to do that. Because moving forward after you've been centered will align you to your purpose and your passion. It may not come to you right away. I think people are under the impression that one day you wake up and you're just very clear. For some people that may be true, but for others of us, like myself, it sort of reveals itself over a series of experiences. And then you say to yourself, wow, wow, that for me, it was miraculous when I think back on it. But at the time when I was doing the work, for me, it was just doing the work. And now I look back and I really realize how much I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It becomes very clear to me that the process was miraculous, but it wasn't overnight. If you often hear people who are successful, they will tell you it was not an overnight plight. It was time, effort, work, energy, prayer, meditation, whatever it is, but it wasn't overnight success. And for those who have overnight success, they're very fortunate, but they have to do something extraordinary in order to maintain that success. Just like you need to do something extraordinary to figure out what your passion and purpose is. And extraordinary doesn't mean it has to look like you're moving mountains. Extraordinary could be being centered that is overlooked because it seems like such a small thing. But if you look around you, look at around the world of what's going on, being centered is no easy feat. It's something that requires discipline and commitment. And once you have the centerness of it all, then you can begin to move forward because things become very clear for you. And as I speak to you about this, I become more clear in my own experiences and how they sort of laid out. So I really want to thank you for taking the time to listen to me today about Patrick. I encourage you to do that because moving forward after you've been centered will align you to your purpose and your passion. It may not come to you right away. I think people are under the impression that one day you wake up and you're just very clear. For some people that may be true, but for others of us, like myself, it sort of reveals itself over a series of experiences. And then you say to yourself, wow, wow, that for me, it was miraculous when I think back on it. But at the time when I was doing the work, for me, it was just doing the work. And now I look back and I really realize how much I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It becomes very clear to me that the process was miraculous, but it wasn't overnight. If you often hear people who 
are successful, they will tell you it was not an overnight plight. It was time, effort, work, energy, prayer, meditation, whatever it is, but it wasn't overnight success. And for those who have overnight success, they're very fortunate, but they have to do something extraordinary in order to maintain that success. Just like you need to do something extraordinary to figure out what your passion and purpose is. And extraordinary doesn't mean it has to look like you're moving mountains. Extraordinary could be being centered. That is overlooked because it seems like such a small thing. But if you look around you, look at around the world of what's going on, being centered is no easy feat. It's something that requires discipline and commitment. And once you have the centerness of it all, then you can begin to move forward because things become very clear for you. And as I speak to you about this, I become more clear in my own experiences and how they sort of laid out. So I really want to thank you for taking the time to listen to me today about and even allowing me to just confirm how the process begins to unfold when you allow yourself a moment to pause, reflect, and ask what's next. So I'm Janie Pilgrim. This is The Deal, where a little advice can change your life. You can continue to find me on Blog Talk Radio on The Deal on Tuesday nights at 7.30, but we can continue to connect through Facebook and LinkedIn at Janie Pilgrim. You can also find me on Twitter at The Deal FM. I'm also on Pinterest, Instagram, and Tumblr. Looking forward to continuing to connect. Good night.